So listen, you didn't come here for me. We came here for God's word. We came here to know God. We came here to draw near to God. We came here to, to seek guidance from God, to learn from his word. Amen? And so today, I am going to attempt to just give you what God has given me. And I pray that you would lean in and you would hear God's voice as we lean into his word. Amen? Today, we're going to continue in a series that we've been on entitled uh, House of Prayer. And we've been learning that prayer is so much more than the words that we direct to God, than the requests that we make to God, than the anxieties and the cares that we express to God. There's nothing wrong with those things, but it is wrong when we miss relationship with God. And so prayer, we've been learning, is a house of meeting, a place where we connect with God and we are in direct relationship with him. Amen? Last week, Pastor Annette dropped some bombs here, man. She, she, come on, can we give it up for what God is doing? Amazing message. God calling us out. Where are you seeking us out? And today, we're going to continue to build upon what God has been showing us in regards to this, uh, this series. But before we get started today, I want to start off with uh, something to kind of lighten the mood about prayer. It's a story that says there was a man who was praying to God. And he was saying to God, God, I will follow all your commandments. I don't live in vain. Could you use me? Could you grant me one more wish, God? I'm giving everything for you, but could you just do this for me because I'm doing this for you? And God said to him, what would you like, my son? And the man said, build me a bridge from California to Hawaii and back. And God said, that's kind of a tall order. Can you give me something much easier? The man says, okay, God, tell me everything there is to know about a woman and why she thinks the way she thinks. And God said, so do you want two lanes or four lanes for the bridge? <laughs> hey, come on, we can have fun in the kingdom, right? I want to start off by asking you some questions. Have you ever prayed and felt like your prayers were ineffective? You ever asked someone else to pray because somehow you felt that their prayers were more adequate, more, more, more impactful, right? Like, like they have a direct line to God that you don't. You ever felt that way? Have you ever prayed to such an extent like this man in this this little joke that we just had, this little story, where you felt like you had to do something for God so that he can hear your prayer, right? Kind of like, well, God, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this special offering so that you could meet this need. Have you ever fasted or, or maybe you've even tried to quote some scripture in hopes that that would be the magic recipe to your prayers being answered? in hopes that this time, this time, God would hear your prayer and answer you. You know, the truth is that we've all gone through these scenarios at some point. We can all relate to the fact that there have been times where we've felt like my prayers somehow don't count. My prayers somehow aren't making a difference. My prayers aren't effective. And today I want to invite you to lean into God's word. 
as we dig into the topic of essentials to effective prayer. Believe it or not, according to the scriptures, you really can pray effectively. You can pray effectively. Your prayers are effective. But for some of us, we don't understand what that means. We see ourselves as small. And let me give you one reason why your prayers are effective. Whether you agree with it or not, this is so. Because Jesus said so. Jesus said so. You know, there was a day when, the, when Jesus left Jerusalem with his disciples in the evening hours, and the scriptures record that he was hungry. And as they walked, the scripture says that he saw a fig tree in the distance. And there was something different about this fig tree. This fig tree was blossoming. It was full of leaves, which he understood that this tree, this fig tree was indicating, I'm ripe. I have figs for you to eat. But when Jesus approached this fig tree, he found no figs. And the scripture says that Jesus said unto this fig tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Now, I'm not going to dig too much into that, but the point being here is that Jesus, looking upon the creation which he helped create by speaking the word, by being there at the very beginning of creation when all things were formed and all things were ordained, and how all things were supposed to work. Jesus knew that there were supposed to be figs on this tree. And because there were no figs, Jesus said, you are inadequate. You will no longer produce any figs. No one will ever eat fruit from you. Well, the next day, upon returning through the same path, the scriptures record that uh, Jesus was walking with the disciples and that Peter saw this fig tree. And that he marveled because he saw that it was withered from the root. And so he points it out to Jesus and says, Jesus, Jesus, look. The fig tree that you cursed yesterday, it's dead from the root. And I want us to know how Jesus responded and what we can learn from it as we dig into today's topic on essentials to praying effectively. Mark chapter 11 verse 22 says that Jesus said in response to Peter, have faith in God. In other words, there's something you are missing, Peter. There's something that you are lacking in your faith at this moment. He says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, listen closely, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, we've got to pause and consider what is Jesus talking about here? How did we go from a fig tree to a mountain to a point where he's teaching about prayer? And that's a great question to consider. Because, you see, Peter was amazed that the fig tree had withered at the words of Jesus. But the truth is that he was amazed at the wrong thing. He was amazed at the wrong thing. Why do I say that? Because he did not realize that he could do the same thing. Track with me here. This wasn't a lesson on what Jesus could do. Jesus wasn't pointing to what he could do. 
by his words. No, this was a lesson not just for Peter but for all of us on what could happen if Peter would pray. This is a lesson on what could happen if you prayed with that confidence. Are you hearing me? I want you to recognize something that your prayers are powerful. And this isn't just true of the words of Jesus when he spoke. And this wasn't just true for Peter and the disciples. This is true for every Bible-believing, God-fearing, awe-inspired servant of God that looks unto God and marvels at God. This is for the person that trusts and believes and calls Jesus their Lord and Savior. This is also for the person who does not believe. This is also for the person who does not doubt because God wants you to know that you can pray and things can change. Thank you for the two of you that agree today. I'm inspired by your faith. James chapter 5, verse 13, goes on to further stress this point. If anyone among you, is anyone among you in trouble? Come on, I know we're talking to somebody here. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Come on, I know I'm talking to somebody. Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Come on, now I know we're talking to somebody here, whether you're here or online. Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered, listen, in faith, in faith, in faith. Say that with me. The prayer offered in faith hmm, will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is what? Come on now, let's say that again. The prayer of a righteous person is what? And effective. That's right. It's powerful and effective. Now, let's, let's just bring this home. And make this very up close and personal because this is God speaking to you and me. Listen to what God is saying. Your prayers are powerful and effective. Your prayers are powerful and effective. And it's for this reason that the scriptures tell us that we should pray about everything. We should pray in the midst of sickness. We should pray when we are troubled. We should pray in times of happiness. We should always pray. See, prayer isn't supposed to be circumstantial to our needs, my friends. Prayer is essential in every area of our lives. It's essential and effective in the highs and in the lows. It's effective and essential in lean times and in plentiful times. It's effective and essential and powerful when we are weak and when we are strong. See, no matter the season, no matter the stage or circumstance of life, God wants to impact your life with power. And according to the scriptures, here's how that happens. When you and I pray. Let me ask you a question, just for personal reflection. Are you praying? Are you praying? 
at a time when this world is in chaos. When there's countries coming after other countries unjustly. When there's still divides in the church. When there's still weaknesses, and we all deal with those. And even in the highs and the lows, are you praying? I I just heard somebody say, oh, I don't know how to pray. Let me ask you a question. Do you know how to hold a conversation? Because God is so near to you, closer than a brother. Nothing can separate you from his love. He's so close to you that even before you even say something and you, 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 you're going through it in your heart, he hears you. Talk to God. Pray. At all times, in all seasons. See, when you and I pray, our prayers are powerful and effective. You know, the Greek literally states when it talks about our prayers availing much, being powerful and effective, what it's literally saying in the Greek is that we unleash extraordinary power that exercises force to aid us. To aid us. You know, this morning, I have a ritual on Sundays. I, I, I leave the house really, really early in the morning. Everybody's asleep. Even the dogs are asleep. And I, I get up really early. I'm always getting up really early, but Sundays in particular, I get up extra early, and I just enjoy the, the, the quiet and the, the peace. And I, I leave the house really early, and I have this ritual of going to get a cup of coffee at a particular spot, just a black coffee, and then I drive to the church. I get here super early, and it's nice and quiet, and I just take some time to meditate on the Word, to pray, to just worship, to have, you know, kind of my own little time there. And as I was driving this morning on the way here with my cup of coffee, I was reminded of something about powerful prayers and their effectiveness when we pray. Uh, as, as you guys know, because you were all in on the lie of keeping it from me, right? Let me stop. Let me stop. Um, as you all know, today's my birthday, and, and, and I was reminded of something. I was just thanking the Lord for his blessing, for his mercy, for his kindness, for his unfailing, unceasing love. And I was reminded of uh, something that my mother told me many years ago. She mentioned to me that uh, when she found out that... Uh, So let me just back up. My mother came here as an immigrant in the early 70s from El Salvador. And uh, she came to this country. She left my four older sisters in El Salvador with family while she came here to try and establish herself and then pave a path for them. And during that time while she was here, she meets my dad. And here I came, right? She meets my dad and, you know, through a series of, of... Unfortunate events, you know, she ends up, her and my dad end up partying and she comes to New York and he stays in California. And uh, my mother ends up in Brooklyn, New York, and she had this sense of anxiety and desperation, so much so 
that she said, I can't have this child. I can't do this by myself. And so she decided, I'm going to have an abortion. Right? And she went through with it. Now, I just, I know the question you just asked yourself, how did, how are you still here? Well, there was a prayer that my mother had after having four girls. She always wanted a son. And in her simple and yet ignorance of the, her simple way and her ignorance of the word, she prayed the prayer of Hannah. And she said, Lord, if you would give me a son, I'll dedicate him to you. I'll dedicate him to you. And so she gets this abortion. And a couple of months later, she's like, wait, what, what is going on here? And I was born, her only son of six. Six girls, five girls, one boy. But let me tell you why I share that with you, because of all my mother's children, I gave her the most headaches. I put my mother through the ringer. And I, let me tell you something about my mother. My mother was a praying woman. More than once, I was literally snatched out of the hands of death. Literally, like literally, snatched out of the hands of death. And I had a mother who was praying, praying for me, praying not just in the good times, but in the bad times. And at all times, believing God that I belong to God and that God was faithful to bring me through. I stand here today not because of anything special that I've done. I stand here today because I had a praying mama who believed that God heard her voice and she dared to pray with confidence and trusting me to God. My friends, that's each and every one of us. We can pray God hears you. Amen? See, when you pray, heaven moves. When you pray, demons tremble. When you pray, mountains crumble. When you pray, change begins. When you pray, the impossible becomes possible. Why? Because you are trusting God. You are turning to God and God alone. And so for the next couple of moments that I have here, I want to give you just a couple of things. Listen, this is an exhaustive topic. And today I'm going to give you just three, three, three areas about praying effectively and powerfully. But I pray that you've been tuning into the entirety of this series because I believe there, there is so much truth in what we are sharing with you that it can literally empower you to stir your faith to pray with confidence and pray powerfully. Amen? So the first thing I want to leave you with here today is a simple thing. Dare to ask. Let me say that again. Dare to ask. Now I know you're going, man, I, I was expecting something like super heavy revy. But I don't think you understand what the scriptures say about your prayers. You know, there was a day where the disciples were watching Jesus in prayer. They were literally watching him pray. And it stirred them to such an extent that they asked him to teach them to pray. As the apostle, as, as, as John taught his disciples to pray. 
And the scripture says that Jesus responded to them by providing them a model prayer. You know that prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? I mean, we could go on and on, right? You know it forwards and backwards. Now, for some, if you were like me growing up, you thought that this was what you were supposed to pray. But this isn't a prescription. This isn't how, this isn't what we're called to pray. This is a model for how we are to pray. How we're to direct ourselves towards God. And so Jesus responds with this model prayer. But many people stop there. And if you just continue to read on, what you'll see is that Jesus revealed the power behind this modeled prayer. Luke 11, starting at verse 5, says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are, and I are in bed. I can't get caught up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, listen to this, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Now I want to point something out to you here. Because it's very easy to miss the truth in what Jesus is saying. He uses a parable not to knock a person for praying. When it talks about shameless audacity, it's literally referring to in the Greek, one who dares to persist in coming to him and not any other source or person. In other words, listen to this. The man in this parable that was inside the home did not answer his neighbor's request for bread because of their relationship. He answered it because his neighbor would dare to go to no one else but him. And so listen to what Jesus is teaching us in this parable. He's teaching us that when we dare to look to God and only to God. When there is so much confidence that God, I'm not turning to anyone else. I'm not turning to Juanita who sits at the window and tells you what's going on with everyone on the block. Right? I'm not turning to Peter or Paul. I'm not turning to pastor. I'm not turning to my friend. I'm not turning to this prayer warrior or that prayer warrior. I am going directly to the source who resources every source. I am turning to God and God only. God, I can only trust you. God, I can only depend upon you. God, I can only look to you. When that is our approach, the attitude of our hearts and our dependence upon God, here's what the scripture reveals. God says, I have to answer that prayer. I dare you. I triple dog dare you. I infinity times infinity times infinity dog dare you. I'm telling on my age now. I dare you. I triple dog dare you 
to step out of your dependence upon people, upon money, upon possessions, and the ways of this world as your source. I triple dog dare you to stop depending on a president, to stop depending on people, to stop depending on systems, and turn to God and God only and believe that God hears you and that God knows the prayer, the call of your heart, and that he answers you because you completely and totally depend on him. I dare you to do something different from this point forward. I dare you to pray with a hunger, with a desire, with a craving, with a longing that, God, I can only trust you and I will only trust you. And, Lord, I know you hear me. And so I rest because it's in your hands, Lord. Hmm. But, you know, if we're going to do that, we've got to do something different. Listen, prayer, true prayer is an act not only of need for what we think we need. No, it's an act of dependence upon God. See, as long as you have alternatives... As long as you go to God, but you still have your plan, your way of escape, you'll be trapped. And your prayers will not work. You know why? Because according to the scripture in the book of James, that's a double-minded man. That's a man who asks God, and yet you're moved by every wind and wave, every doctrine, everything you hear, everything you see. And so I dare you to do something different from this point forward. Depend on God. Go to God with complete dependence upon him. The second thing I want to encourage you with is that we need to know that uh, we must pray strategically. We must pray strategically. Listen, when you have the audacity to persist in turning to God only, you become a prime candidate to see his powerful results. But to do so, we must understand that prayer is a multi-layered strategy. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm going to take you to scripture on this. Shortly after modeling this prayer to the disciples and teaching them and us about the power of persistent prayer, Jesus says this in Luke 11 verse 9. He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Come on, what are we supposed to do? Ask and it will be given to you. Do what? Seek, and you will find. And do what? Knock. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Watch this, verse 10. For everyone who, what? Asks, receives. And the one who seeks, seeks finds. And the one who Knock. knocks, the door will be open. Now, let me point something out to teach you about how prayer is strategic. Some of us believe that all of these are accomplished when we pray. We believe that we ask, we seek, and we knock when we direct our requests to God. And I submit to you that that is erroneous. Just track with me here. The word ask here in the original language means to call for what we require, what we have need of, what we're petitioning God specifically for. It's a specific prayer, right? And this is where most people start and end when it comes to prayer. 
And we think that because we've asked God or we've placed our petitions before God, that we've asked, we've sought, and we've knocked. But the word seek here means to go out in search of for the purposes of finding it. And it specifically alludes to a finding that comes by way of our thinking, our meditating, our reasoning, and listen, our inquiring into. So here's a question. What are you specifically praying about? See, once you've prayed about it, have you now taken the next step that Jesus says and now begin the process of going in search of it? Listen closely to what I'm saying. I'm not talking about you making it happen. See, your faith requires knowledge. It requires wisdom. It requires information. Let me give you an example of that. You can't pray. You can't say, God, God bless me with a home. God, open the door for a home. But you haven't even looked into the process. You haven't even looked online to go see other homes. You haven't taken any steps to walk into homes. To, to evaluate where you are. And as Jesus said, count the costs. Before you take a step. See, inquiring isn't just inquiring of God. I've heard it said that inquiring minds want to know. Well, guess what? It's the inquiring believer that goes beyond just simply praying and directing their request to God. And now begins to take steps to see the land. To see what's happening, what's possible. It's that person that is going in search of. And when you go seeking... You give yourself not only something to pray about, but you give something that God can pave a path for a door to open, which leads us to the point where he talks about knocking. The word knock here means to seek entrance at the door, but it's not just any door. It's the door that you are specifically praying about. The best way I can describe this to you is I remember many years ago, we used to live in a little studio apartment, and... uh. We were guests at a studio apartment that was owned by mice and roaches, right? We were in their territory, right? Hey, times were hard on the boulevard, man. That's all I could say, right? But a lot of that had to do with my small thinking. I didn't see past go. Matter of fact, I didn't even see go. I just believed this is my lot in life. And baby, this is what we got, so just be thankful. Well, I remember God began to kind of do a stirring in our hearts, more specifically in my wife's heart. I began to grow uncomfortable and frustrated. And, you know, before we even got to the point of believing or dreaming or even praying about moving from where we were, there was a huge need for a car. And uh, my wife began to say with me, hon, can we get a car? Can we look into a car? And I was like, woman, we got the bus. We got trains. What do we need a car for? That's an, that's an insurance payment. Where are we going to park it? Right? Now I'm going to have to go pay for parking. No, we can't do it. Well, my wife, in, you know, her humble way, her loving way, she, she didn't press it, but, you know, she would bring it up. And I would go, you know what? I'm praying about it. And you know what, I will say, I was praying to God, but I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't there. I was double-minded. Then one day, I finally got to the point where I said, all right, all right, we'll get a car. But I'm telling you right now, our budget is $8,000. We're financing it. I'm putting 100 bucks down. 
right? And it's going to be used. And it'll just get us from point A to point B. We'll get a beater. My wife's, okay. But I wasn't seeking. I wasn't knocking. One morning, I'll never forget this. It was a President's Day. And the reason why I remember is because there was a huge snowstorm. And that particular morning, I woke up. And I walked into the little area that was our makeshift kitchen. And we had a washer. So, you know, I mean, come on. We made some progress. Right? We had a washer. And on this washer was the newspaper circular. And I looked at it. And for whatever reason, I know that it said uh, Midtown Mazda, uh, President's Day Sale. And I just caught my attention. And at that moment, I said, I'm going to go see these cars. Now, you got to understand, this was a move of God because I was trying to go to Major Auto World and buy the cheapest car they had, <laughs> right? If that, if there. So anyway, long story short, I, uh, I get up, I get dressed, and my wife wakes up. It's like super early. She goes, where are you going? I said, I'm going to a car dealership. Mazda in Midtown Manhattan has a sale. She just stood quiet. She said, Okay. I got on the train, I get down there, I, I walk into this place. Now I'm seeking, right? But I, I say to the guy, listen, this is, this is how this deal is going to work. It's an $8,000 car I'm looking for. I'm putting $100 down, not a painting more, and I'm not paying not one cent more than $8,000. The guy says to me, okay. And so we sit down, he runs numbers, right? We're looking at stuff. I got my, I'm holding on to my $100, right? Because... I'm going to put $100 down on this car, right? I'm like, man, we're going to get a car today. And this guy starts showing me all these brand new cars, and I'm like, no, nah, man, you're not getting it. I said, a used car. I said, $8,000, nothing more. Long story short, we come to a car, and he goes, hey, I want you to I, just, just trust me on this. He goes, I want you to sit in this car. Sit in this car. And I said, all right. Now, mind you, he's a good salesman. But what I failed to realize was that God was opening my eyes. Because I sat in this car, and at that moment when I sat in this car, I said, this is my car. So we go back, and in my mind I'm saying, man, that's a really nice car. See, I, I smelled the new smell. I, I, I touched the leather, right? Not on the seats. It didn't have leather on the seats. It was just a steering wheel, right? I touched the leather, right? It felt good. Nice car, brand new. And the guy sits down with me, and he says to me, I want to show you something. This is your monthly payment for this car. When I looked at it, my jaw dropped. He says, you could keep your $100. I was like, yes. <laughs> Why do I share that with you? Because it was the beginnings of seeing the power when we go beyond just praying and seeking. When we knock, the door is open. Can I tell you that from that day forward, I saw prayer differently. Something changed about the vision that I began to have for our lives it wasn't too long after that that we moved out of that apartment and we got a three-bedroom apartment. Three-bedroom. Come on, can we give it up for God? Three-bedroom from a studio, right? 
But listen, it was then that we began to see the increase. So let me, let me just encourage your faith with this. Don't just simply stop at the point of directing your request to God and think that that's prayer. Prayer is strategic. It has multiple layers to it. And Jesus gives us a kingdom principle in the most practical way. He says, ask, you'll receive. But in order to receive it, go, go search it out. And after you go search it out, then go knock on those doors. Ladies and gentlemen, it is when we deploy prayer the way it is intended to be that we will find the doors that God has laid up specifically for each and every one of us. I'm telling you right now, there are some doors that you, you're not just going to have to knock. Listen, you'll knock, but they're going to be kicked down for you. There are opportunities open up for you. Come on, give it up for God. God has something great for you. Pray. Pray because your prayers are effective and powerful. The last point I want to leave you with here is this, is that prayer is most effective, effective, when we are affected by God's word. Let me say that again. Prayer is most effective when we are affected by God's word. Let me tell you what I'm talking about here. Let me give you a clue what we're talking about here. In Mark 11, as we saw, Jesus told Peter and the disciples that they could move mountains. That they could receive what they asked for by prayer according to their faith in God. I want you to track with me here because if we're to pray powerfully and effectively, we would be wise to know how faith works. Just follow me here for a moment because this is important for prayer. And we're going to dig into this a little bit more next week. In Romans chapter 10, 17, it tells us this. It says, so then faith, faith what? Faith, no, 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 hold on. Let, let me, let me, let me, let me. All right, so I just want you to track with me here. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith, what? Comes by hearing. Watch this. And hearing by what? The word of God. So I want you to see that faith doesn't just come by what you hear. Because we hear a lot of things. Faith comes specifically by the word of God. Not just when we hear the word, but when we hear what God is speaking to us. Right? So if we're to have faith in God, right, so that we can pray effectively, it stands to reason that effective prayer is affected directly by the truth that is found in God's word. In other words, our prayers must be undergirded with the foundation of the truth of God's word. It can't just be something we hear. It has to be something that has impacted our lives to such an extent that it affects belief. And when that is our faith, our confidence, when we trust and believe wholeheartedly what the word of God says, our prayers become powerful. Listen to what 1 John 5, 14 and John 15, 7 say. Let me just read this to you and I'll close out with this. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to, to have before him. That if we ask anything, watch this, according to his will. Some of us say, oh, God willing. Well, listen, 
That just indicates you don't know what God's will is. Because God's will is revealed in his word. Right? So when we pray according, if we ask anything according to his will, that is consistent with his plan and his purpose, he hears us. Now watch John 15, 7. Jesus speaking, if you remain in me and my what? Words remain in you. That is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Why do I read these portions of scripture to you? Because God's hand can only work where his word lives. And if we are to pray powerfully and effectively, if we are to pray prayers that accomplish much, my friend, let me tell you something that is essential. You must be intimate with God's word. I'm speaking to a house of people, whether you believe it or not, I declare over you that you are a people that are enlightened by the word of God. That the wisdom of God is not just flowing to you, but it is flowing through you. That the spirit of wisdom and revelation is upon you. And that you have the mind of Christ. And because you have the mind of Christ, you have the wisdom of God. You have discernment. You have understanding. And from this day forward, you will pray powerfully because you know the word of God. It is open to you. And you know God. And you love God. And you depend upon God. And you trust only in God. Come on now. Is there anybody in this house that believes and says, I will pray powerful and effective prayers. Come on, let's stand today. Father, we come to you with confidence. With confidence. With confidence. Trusting and believing, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that, Lord, there is no one and no thing more dependable than you. God, we depend upon you. We love you, Lord. And today, Lord, in this house, because your word declares it, you say in your word, Lord, that we, that the, that, 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 that we have an anointing upon us and that we know all things by that anointing. Lord, these are your people called by your name, a special people, your precious, prized possession. And Lord, this day, in the hearing of your word, I declare what your word says. Faith is come. It's working right now in our hearts. It is opening our understanding. And Lord, we dare to ask. We dare to seek. And we dare to knock. Right now, I'm telling you right now, you have a specific prayer request. There is something that you are needing. I'm not talking about wanting. Talk about something you are needing. And I want you right now to direct your request before the Lord with faith. I want you to put that before God and depend solely on Him. Stop trying to work it. Stop trying to make it happen on your own. Some of you, you're stressing about your finances, but therein lies the problem. You still see them as yours. Today, direct your need to God. But do it with complete dependence on him. Hmm. In this holy moment, Lord, we thank you, Lord, 
that you fulfill what your word says. That we receive what we ask for according to your will. Father, we thank you for your word. It is alive and active and working in us right now. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.